It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny. This is my show today. We are back with Elite for the first time in quite a while. We're going to catch up with them of three shows um, that we've been watching this weekend. It takes us back to the middle of January and brings us bang up to date. We're going to do uh, Glate 42, 43 and 44. And to join me on this momentous occasion, as always, is our Glate correspondent, Mr. Marcus Green of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. How are we doing, sir? All good. I wouldn't feel right if we did as much of a glee catch up and I wasn't a part of it, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got three episodes to look at. Um, this was quite a, some intriguing movement going forward with what was happening here. Um, the first show was uh, show thirty-two, which opened with a promo from Black Generation International, as um, that's the current G-Rex champion, Kato Ishida's. Uh, faction. We've talked about them a lot. Um, they've been doing a lot of work. Now at full strength, they have Yutani, Hartley Jackson, and Hideki Suzuki on tap for this particular show. I'm assuming Flamita got busy elsewhere. <laughs> um, Black Generation has been a long-standing faction on the Mexican and Japanese circuits of the indie comfort organization, so it's nice to see them given a permanent home. They were interrupted by Bulk Orchestra, of course, this was setting up the semi-main event of Bork Orchestra against Black Generation International. Um, any thoughts on these particular promos, Marcus? No, I mean, it was interesting because, you know, coming off of our uh, break, we, you know, it felt like we was talking about, uh, obviously, um, L. Linderman being a phenomenal champion, but, you know, his run seemingly, you know, coming to a, a, a stop. Uh, Rikichi is as the faction of Black uh, Generation International was rising, and then everything kind of came to an apex, and then uh, something unique happened where the the long standing, the long wolves, if you will, of Bull Orchestra kind of ended up, you know, kind of siding with you know Strong Cars and maybe you know some other guys that kind of like, hey, we got to do something against this new threat, and. You know, Black Generation kind of just came out was like, we, you know, let it be known that we're running the show. This is the new norm. Get used to it. Um, the the normal wins that you would see about to get flipped. And we kind of, we got we got a lot of that sprinkled throughout these three shows for sure. Uh, we'll move on to the opening match, which was uh, the current um, G-Infinity Tag Team Champion, Chuck Shibatani, uh, going up there against um, regular foe, Jun Tonsho of 60 Seconds. This was kind of a nice opener, really. Kind of what we had come to expect from Glate. You know, set your stall out. You know what you're after. Shimitani takes the win in 6 minutes, 11 seconds. It was nothing to write home about. But equally, it was pretty damn good. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? No quick exciting opener. You know, obviously, uh, you got the book of Kestra versus, you know, what, I guess, 62nd member. Um, so it's going to be, you know... Uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of, you know, back and forth, good stuff. You know, Glee always does good with these, you know, these fast-paced uh, openers, even if they don't go long. They say they go strong in a way because they don't, you know, kind of let off the gas. But they get, they fill off six minutes and 11 seconds with some good fun action. Like I said, even even with Black Generation, um, 
kind of being the, the new standard, if you will, for, for the happenings of what's going on, particularly when it comes to uh, G-Rex Championship. Uh, you still got your, you know, 60 seconds going back and forth with the Bull Club Orchestra and also the Strong Hearts going back and forth with Orchestra as well. So um, they showed that throughout the tag and these singles. Uh, but these singles matches sprinkled throughout was really fun because, as we always compliment this uh, roster for us, having some great young talent that can come behind somebody like a L. Linderman to, to go off and face uh, the new champion. So, Yeah, this yeah. shows the depth that they have. You know, Shimitani's a, a relative veteran on this particular roster because they have got so many young guys. But, um, yeah, this was fun. And, um, yeah, Shimitani, as you'd expect, the veteran with the, and the champion would take the win. But John Tomshow, I like him a lot. He's really good. He's something to watch out for. But let's just move... Yeah, let's just move on to the next match, which was an intriguing affair, actually. Uh, we had um, another 60 seconds guy, Kichi Sato, going up against you, Iska. Iska kind of um, on the cusp of great things. And Sato, I really like. He's kind of like the impact offense of 60 seconds. He's a good striker and a good mount wrestler. Izuki, as, as we've shown and talked about quite a lot over the last year, is kind of a shoot style wrestler, guy who can hang Minoru Suzuki and not uh, not look not, not look stupid. <laughs> There's many people in the world who can't do that uh, on a on a shoot level. He's a really good kind of like talent and probably gets the of all the the great regular army guys. He probably gets the most assignments uh, with with people and you know he's there to make people look good, but also makes himself look good in the process. Um, Sato. Is good, young, and kind of shows, but that's no bad thing. Intriguing kind of like stress on the chicken wing across space in this particular match as well. And there was quite a few of those in these particular cards, as I remember. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Well, this was just fun. I think I feel like this was uh, a turn the dial up coming off of the first match uh, with these two guys. These another two. I'm, I'm uh, excited to see why, particularly safer, like you said. Uh, that high impact banger uh, for 60 seconds and whatnot, but you is not to be underestimated either. Like, you know, it'll be interesting seeing if these guys ever, you know, go back and forth in the UWF match um, in the future because between this match and a, a match on the third show, there were some shots throughout these three shows where it was like, it almost should have been a UWF match because it was that lethal, but that's, but that's, but that's, you know, what you get with, you know, specifically 60 seconds. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing these guys do this some more because uh, they don't just do high flying and, and strikes. They do a lot of, you know, high power moves that you wouldn't necessarily expect, but it's, it's such a great combination. They do such a good job of mixing things back and forth. Uh, it's just it's just fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. These two guys are excellent. These two guys are excellent, and they're a good combination to have together. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, this was fun. Again, it's one of those shows where kind of like when you get a new champion, a new faction, and the company's taking a different storyline direction, there's a lot of stuff that isn't quite as important. Not to say this match isn't important. It's obviously important to watch two wrestlers wrestle. But it's like the fun stuff happens lower down the card in these particular instances because they're still kind of trying to find a balance with where the stories have got to go. And you've got a bunch of people who've got nothing to do. <laughs> so you can have some fun in the lower end card with matches that are breathtakingly important. But for young guys like this, they are because they kind of show where everybody's going with their stories, which is really cool. 
Um, we were, by the way, we should mention it, we were at Shinjuku Face, um, Japanese wrestling's most famous nightclub. Uh, <laughs> I have seen so many shows from Jiku, Shinjuku Face. It's a big show for independent um, uh, Joshi shows. Kana, now Asuka, of course, in WWE, when she was running her own show, she used to run at Shinjuku Face an awful lot. I've seen so many show cards, so many of Kana's self self promoted shows from Shinjuku Face. But there you go. Um, and also an intriguing um, compact and bijou setup, which probably meant one of the reasons why there was a lot less flying on this show than we would normally be used to, because you could quite easily land in somebody's lap if you're not careful. In fact, on the third show, which was back at Shinjuku Face, somebody did. Yeah, I was I was kind of leery watching on that third show. I'm like, y'all kind of. It's like I had to, I had to kind of pay attention more harder than I was the other two because I'm like, okay, that, okay, that's an audience member. I'm like, they asked somebody to the match. Well, I had to kind of be watching, but it was it was it was intimate. Like they, a guardrail wouldn't have killed them. I'll say that. The one room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It was because if they would have put a guardrail up, it would have been no space between the ring for the guys to be out. Yeah. Yeah, true. Oh, well, we'll move on to the next match, which um, pitted a member of Stronghearts, Issei Onitsukaya, up against Yutani from Black Generation International. Six minutes and 18 seconds, Yutani took care of Issei Onitsukaya. But Onitsukaya has fire about him, and this was made this match very watchable because, you know, he's Yutani's kind of his equivalent in uh, Black Generation. So, you know... Spot for spot, these guys were uh, really going to go at it, and um, there was loads of stuff from Yutani who showed an awful lot in this particular match. Lots of submission work, lots of evil-looking submissions, very kind of catch-as-catch-can style. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. would be very proud of this particular performance. And Onitskaya, again, as we show, normally a bit of a flyer, kind of shown of his flying ability in this particular environment. He kind of had a, a bit of a knockdown drag out with Yutani. Um, but yeah, very good. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, he, he says one of my uh, favorites to watch. You know, he kind of, you know, if I say you had him in it like a video game or something, like the level up from him would be Ito. Um, yeah, yeah. The evolved state, if you will. Um, he's just fun to watch. And Yutani kind of, you know, he reminds me of somebody that that, that might have been in, um, you know, that, that might have been hanging with somebody like Minoru or something. Kind of reminds me of a... a Abushi or something uh, to that effect. You know, he got he kind of got that look, and like you said, it kind of translate to his his ring language, if you will, in terms of his submissions and his moves. Like between, like you said, the deadly submissions and that nasty looking high angle Death Valley dropper as a finisher. Yeah, this kid's gonna be somebody to watch. He is indeed. He's twenty two years old. Um, twenty two years old. He was trained by Flamita, Bandido, Phoenix, and Ricky Marvin which is a pretty handy bunch of wrestlers to train you, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Uh, he started off in Mexico. So he's kind of taken the same path that Desperado and um, uh, Dookie have taken. Um, kind of outlaw lucha um, kind of way of going about things. Oh, he's worked for CMLL and a couple of big promotions as well in Mexico. So, yeah, he's... He's taking a different approach, and he's gone to Mexico at a very young age to become, you know, a, a wrestler. And there's a few people who've done that, like Ultimo Dragon and Kazuchika Ricarda, and they turned out all right. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, they 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 on the card. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely on get, the card. Getting books. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that 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 Okada kid has came a long way. <laughs> oh man. When he, when he, I think after he dropped the title, that big title, when he went to Mexico to make a video with Ultimo Dragon about like how he got started. Uh, I never got to see it. I'll have to look it up and see if, it's, if, it's, see if there's anyone done an English translation of it. But that sounds like really interesting. Okay, then. Our next matchup pitted a legend against um, the matriarch of the great of Joshi Roster. Michiko Miyagi going up against the legendary Kyoku Inoue. Nine minutes and 15 seconds. This was a stiff old do. As much as any match with Michiko Miyagi is, in, is, is pretty stiff, you had Koeko Inoue, who, who really doesn't care none. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of people hitting each other really hard for a good 10 minutes, and this was a lot of fun to watch. Obviously, Miyagi, um, very respectful to the veteran, who this year celebrates her, let me think, 86... 30, she's coming up on 34 years, I think, 36 years in wrestling, no, 26 years in the wrestling industry. I'm trying to do maths, and I think it's coming close to 30 odd years. She's done 30 years plus. Anyway, um, right. yeah, um, in the in the wrestling industry, and she just kind of ragdolled me for, for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, this was kind of a bit of a man-handling situation, and sorry, woman-handling situation. But it was still a fun match to watch. And Miyagi did get a licks in in the end, especially when he got to the outside. She is a bit of a master brawler. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Uh, I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've been intrigued with Miyagi since the first time I saw her. And, you know, we've, you know, for those many episodes if, if we've, you know, done talking about, please, you know, we've certainly been talking about her journey ups and downs and, you know, what she means to this roster and, and, and everything. And, you know, she kind of ran into a brick wall tonight uh, on this show. You know, she, uh, it happens to the best of them. Um, and, uh, yeah, like you said, very, very much respect to the veteran, but, uh, the veteran very much came in there knowing who she was, knowing what she wanted to do and talk trash throughout the beating. And, uh, Miyagi did what she could, but uh, I certainly say this. I'm so, I'm definitely glad for Miyagi's sake that this wasn't a UWF match. Because, uh, she took, she took enough hits and that, you know, um, well-deserved on that ice pack and, uh, I think she definitely earned earned respect certainly after the match, but uh, yeah, she's, she's gonna take a lot more down the road to beat that legend because she was not, you know, showing showing her, you know, the years that that she's been in it. So you know, in terms in terms of movement. Oh yes, yeah, I, I, I was right. Thirty seven years in the business, she's fifty three years old. So like you know, when you bear in mind that um, Miyagi is. 29. <laughs> yeah, which, and without, which I would imagine talking to you, that's just not something we really see with a lot of women. Not in the States, no. And certainly yeah. not in Japan, historically speaking. Um, I mean, they used, to, obviously they used to have a 26 rule. In fact, Inoki, anyway, was probably one of the last wrestlers who would have had to work through the 26 rule, um, which was, you know, you have to retire at 25 because when you're 26, no one wants you like Christmas cakes, as Chelsea quite rightly put it, because it was a very sexist idea of, you know, that they were no longer viable players. And anyway, he was one of the people that ended that kind of like, she's been a big, strong draw for all sorts of Joshi companies for 20 years now after, you know, she finished. 
and generally speaking, I can't, her trainer, Jaggi Yukota, who's 56, is still wrestling occasionally, which is by no means full time. Um, and there aren't too many of her era left who are still wrestling. Uh, obviously, Nama Toyota retired six years ago now, five years ago in 2018. Um, Aja Kong's still going. She's 53 as well. She she was in the same class as a Kokyo, Kokyo anyway. She was in the same dojo class. Um, I'm trying to think out of that dojo class. Who else was the the big four out of that dojo class? Were Aja Kong, Kira Hokuto, Kiyoki Winoue, um, Bison Kimura, um, Combat Toyota, and Megumi Kudo. And only Aja and Kiyoko are still going out of that class. In fact, everybody in the year above them is retired now, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll tell you. Well, no, no, no. Um, uh, oh, no, she is, she is kind of, well, she's semi-retired, but she's not retired um, um, from the LCO, whose name escapes me. But, yeah, it's not, it's not usual to go on for that long, but she, is, she does run her own company, and it's noticeable that the big monsters like Inouye and Aja Kong are the ones that have lasted the longest because they don't necessarily have to take big bumps because they're bigger. So they're not like wearing their bodies out, if that makes sense. No, that makes absolutely a lot of sense, particularly as an Impact fan watching all those years of Abyss to sacrifice the all parts of himself as a big person when, you know, maybe in hindsight he could have did a little less, but when you, you know, look just to what that character was built, built around in terms of the hardcore as you understand it but you know talking about and the women that's that's just so much smarter particularly when you're the monster as a woman how you know because that's not all lot something we get in the states either um in terms of having these these big monstrous uh women so you know for them to, to last long when you know a lot of times we just see stuff go the way of the dumpster in terms of stuff being on people's knees and whatnot um, that's just that's just something great to see. And congratulations to her, like you said, her celebrating that milestone, um, doing anything that long, really, but specifically wrestling. Indeed. Um, now, after the match, there was an interruption from Yunagi Sayaki, formerly of Ice Ribbon, formerly of World Wandering Stardom, and she challenged Miyagi and the Glade Girls in general to up their game against a serious player. Um, Sayaki as Ran out of contract with Stardom last year um, and decided to take a break from the company and has gone on a bit of an excursion amongst the indies to try and create some depth to her character and her wrestling skills, um, which is no bad thing. She's a former um, artist of Stardom and Princess of Stardom tag team champion. She's won Ice Ribbon stuff as championships as well. Um, but Miyagi was not the person that stood up to her. It was, in fact... Uh, Yukari Hosokawa, who we have not seen since last July. I was actually wondering why we have not seen her since last July. And then I did the maths and went, oh yeah, she'll be finishing high school, won't she? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, because she's 18. She turned pro at 16. <laughs> but there you go, yeah. Um, so Hosokawa and Sayaki would have a go, have a go at each other in um, the show, the, the version 46. Um, yeah, as I was just saying, yes, uh, Hosokawa is 18 years old. She started actually pro wrestling when she was 15 years old. Um, so 
she's already a bit of a veteran and, and you know, they were just like, why would she like to take a break off? I know she wasn't injured because I've not seen anything. And then I went, yeah. oh yeah, she's 18, isn't she? She'll have been wrapping up high school. Anyway, let us move on to the next match because we can talk about that match when we get down the line. Next match was Masato Kamino and Yusuke Kodama going against Minoru Tanaki and Tetsuya Izuchi. In 10 minutes, 12 seconds, Kodama and Kamino, of course, normally we see Kamino tagging with uh, our good friend, uh, Mr. Ito, uh, Takanori Ito. Um, and in this particular case, he was tagging with uh, Kamino, a new name. He's got kind of a good reputation from our Japanese indies. And he's a very welcome addition to this particular lineup. Um, and they were going to open up against the uh, Tetsuya Izuki of uh, 60 Seconds and Minoru Tanaka, living wrestling legend. Your thoughts, Marcus? Well, this was a great back and forth. Uh, you would you would imagine that Tanaka and Suzuki um, obviously have the chemistry edge, if you will, uh, tagging as much as you know they have and continue to do, as we're going to see throughout these three cards and. Um, it did feel like they had the edge, but I think the, the pace quickened and uh, on the other side of things, it just became a little bit more crafty and specifically when it came to using submissions and a lot of pinning combinations, which ended up getting the win here um, to which I think it was, I think it was Camino flipped off to see you the minute the three count came. So, um, the, the you know, these four are far from over in terms of, uh, you know, dancing, but uh, this was this was a, this was a fun ten minute twelve uh, second match. This was this was good. It was. It was, oh. laying, it was laying foundations for the story later in the card. We have some foreshadowing going on here in this particular match. Dun, dun, dun. We'll explain that when we get to it. Uh, we're not going to get to it yet because the next match was the semi main event, which featured Bulk Orchestra going up against the Black and Generation International, Harley Jackson, Keita Ishida, and Katoru Suzuki. Going up against Bulk Orchestra, Hayato Tomorrow, Kazuma Sakamoto, and Quiet Storm, 12 minutes and 10 seconds. This was a really good match and kind of what you expected um, from these two teams. This will be your first time watching Katoru Suzuki wrestle, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, yes, obviously, me and John have covered him a lot because. He was part of Los Perez de, uh, Perez de Mel de Japon for Noah for the last 12 months. And he's an independent wrestler. He's not contracted to Noah. He wrestles for them when he wants to. And he goes off and does other things for other people when he wants to as well. Um, and But he is a bit of a legend. <laughs> you know, a right. former member of Burning, trained by um, uh, Yonakiyama and um, Kenta Kabashi, journeyman junior heavyweight for all Japan and Noah. Um, so yeah, he's a bit of an all-round legend, um, and going up against um, you know Bulk Orchestra here, Hayato Tomorrow, Kazuma Sakamoto, and Quiet Storm, one of your particular favourite factions. What do you think of this one, Marcus? Oh, this was just an all-star fair, good stuff all around. Like you said, a great matchup. I mean, Harley Jackson is already a problem. Then you got the veteran, um, like you said, and and. Uh, Suzuki and and you know obviously K2 is the is, is the man so you know it's funny we're getting it now but I was talking about when we first started covering Glee how we, you were kind of gonna need these uh these kind of combinations if you were to combat just just sheer veracity of you know veracity and size of vocal orchestra um kind of reminds me of like those old 
those old prime shield days where they were just coming up with, with combinations of, of trios just to combat those guys that didn't really make sense, but they almost had to build some super teams to do it. And it kind of, uh, you know, we're getting that here. Like you said, it was exciting six man. And like you said, still playing in a certain things going down the line. The table now flipped where black generation are taking the wins where, you know, uh, not too long ago, it was always both orchestra. So, you know. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I follow Hartley Jackson on Instagram and apparently only just started powerlifting again after knee injury. Um, and uh, he looks like that. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, he hasn't powerlifted for eight years and he's got arms the size of tree trunks. Uh, but there you go. So that's that, really. Yeah, this was kind of a story song. It kind of firmly puts Bulk Orchestra's G Infinity titles kind of in the picture for a challenge from somebody. And at the end of this particular match, there was a challenge from uh, Utani and Suzuki for the Tag Team Championships. There was a lot more talking after this match. And Sakamoto also challenged Ishida for the G-Rex Championships. So we'll see how that plays out in the matches that are coming up. And we closed this particular show, the Origin Show, as it was called, versus a Gleet Army team of Kazayashi, Sumo Nabi, and Takanori Ito going up against a Strongheart team of Shima, L. Linderman, and T-Hawk. This was just good old-fashioned wrestling fun. Can't really complain. The Chief Booker put himself in a match to celebrate the, the beginning of uh, the beginning of Gleet over a year ago, which a couple of years ago, which is fair enough. Um, but, you know... What's an army doesn't get too many main events unless he's in the tag team match. So it was nice to see him all the way up there. Um, Taka Norito had some business at the end of this match, which we'll talk about shortly. But first, what's your thoughts on the actual match itself? Exactly what you said, man. Great fun. Uh, great teams, both sides. I can't really call it. Just, you know, wasn't really, you know, rooting for a win, although I am a uh, partial of, you know, Ito. Um, but yeah, it's just. All out, fun, closing, as usual, with Lee, closing with a, a, a nice, good, you know, six-man. And uh, like you said, our boy Ito has some uh, unfinished, uh, you know, has some business to take care of at the end. So. Yes, indeed, he did. Um, now, we've seen him tagging with Camino for quite some time um, over the last, well, what, I guess the last year, really. Um, and um, with Yusuke Kodama coming in, Seemingly on a semi-permanent basis, they formed a new faction called Yan's Family, <laughs> which is kind of a bit of a tween of faction like Walk Orchestra, um, but equally, you know, big hitters. Kadama's fairly strong. Camino's exceptionally strong. Ito's obviously big lad, very strong. Um, they, and again, with the aprons. They have T-shirts too. Well, they, they had aprons again. So they have aprons as part of their merch, which is nice. Um, but yeah, um, so that was, there was that. And that kind of started. So that, that was intriguing. Any thoughts on this faction? Or do you want to wait and talk about it when they've actually done something? <laughs> yeah, we can wait. Because I, I, I was still acclimating to it as it was going on. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that, really. It's... It's a bit strange. I mean, this match was great. The, the exchange between Nito and Linderman I really enjoyed as well because it kind of threw me back to the great title match they had earlier this year or last year, I should say. Um, you know, 
because I actually and Shima, whether they're teaming together or if they're running against each other, it's always great. And what an Abby's just fantastic. Love the guy. Absolutely do. Um, I've not only missed out T-Hawk, but he's great too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. So uh, that was the end of the first show. Um, uh, do, 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 do. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at videos here so I can watch the second show whilst we talk about it. Uh, that's good. So the second show, we went to, where did we go to? We were on still on the origin storylines, and we were at, so we were in Osaka as LA Atesho, 188 people in attendance, um, and it opened, indeed, with Yan's family, Masato Kamino, Tsukunori Ito, and Yusuke Kodama going up against Kolokants, Kazayashi Minoru Tanaka, and Kichi Sato of 60 seconds, a right mix there, 9 minutes and 29 seconds, uh, kind of establishing your new faction uh, at a hell of a rate of knots, and also um, giving an outing for an intriguing trios team who, let's be honest, were there to lose because you've got a new faction. You don't want them to kind of like come in and be rubbish, do you? They've got to win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it was kind of a, a match with a point of we need to do some business here. So, yeah, it was an establishment, did. you know, establishment yeah. match, you know. That's it. So, what was your thoughts on this one? Fun, fun. Uh, didn't <laughs> when they when it initially came out, uh, I was like, okay, this is you know, don't too much. This is a unique color combination they're doing with the merch, <laughs> but you know, it, it, it's working for them. They're, they're, you know, this is probably the most I feel like I've seen Ito smiling. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually not his thing. He, um, he just needed more two more people who were equally as miserable as he is. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but this is uh, fully embracing it. It's not a bad combination, particularly when he's, uh, you know, seemingly leading it um, and doing his thing. So, uh, like you said, it was an establishment match, good opener. Uh, nine minutes, 29 seconds, did what it needed to do, got in there, got out of there. And uh, this is going to be something going forward. So, you know, uh, uh, Jan's family, you know. Indeed. <clears throat> Um, yes, <laughs> not an awful lot else to be separate about it, really. Kind of did what it said on the 10. It was, it was there to do a job, and it did that job very well. So let's move on to our next match, which was... So Watanabe versus John Toncho. Sermonot Watanabe taking a win over John Toncho. Um, again, just a fun wrestling match between two guys who um, don't have a ton of stuff to do at the moment, so they're kind of wrestling each other because they need to wrestle somebody, and... That doesn't mean it's going to be terrible. It's going to be quite good. And this was a lot of fun. Kind of puts Watanabe up there a little bit more, I think, as well, because he's had some high-profile losses, so it's good to see him get a victory. I don't think Toncho's, like, you know, he doesn't need the win right now because he's not doing anything. But equally, he's, he's younger and therefore doesn't, you know, he's not seen as a main event talent right now. Um, so, yeah, I think it's fair, and it was a nice, solid little match. And... Kind of makes things go along, really. No, same. It was like I never get tired of seeing these two go back and forth, but I'm always pulling for uh, Tom Show. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, soft spot for uh, 60 seconds, man. I want those guys to, you know, always put it out. But, you know, wanting to be somebody that's come along and growing in his own right. And, uh, you know, this ain't going to be the last time we see these two go back and forth. Um, I almost had to kind of remind myself that these kind of, like you said, just single matches to kind of, almost feel the call in the way. Like you said, they're not necessarily doing anything else um, in terms of a larger storyline, but this is like a great opportunity to showcase yourself and get eyes on you, um, become more important down the line. So 
Uh, also had to kind of remind myself who it was because it felt like I was wearing similar <laughs> uh, <laughs> colors. I'm like, give, give me some varying colors here, but it was uh, it was good nonetheless. Cool. Uh, all right then, we'll move on to the next match, which is perhaps the most intriguing and maybe most controversial match on these three shows, to be honest with you, because for the first time we had uh, a mixed-gender shoot match, a shoot-style match, um, which put pitted uh, Michiko Miyagi and Yu Izuka against Maya Fukuda and Sichu Ikimoto. Uh, we saw Sichu Ikimoto uh, in a singles match on the last time we did a chat, had a chat. He's a regular uh, visitor to the UWF, and I believe he'll be in the UWF singles tournament. Um, obviously, Maya Fukuda is the shootiest of shooty people on the women's roster for Bleed. Miyagi, we've talked about lots, and of course, Izuka, we've talked about lots. So this was UWF shoot rules, but mixed tag. And I'm not talking like mixed tag. It was actually a mixed gender match because when the girls tagged in, they wrestled the guys. And when the guys tagged in, they wrestled the girls, which is intriguing. And I've not come across it before. And I'm glad that everyone gave each other respect. And it wasn't, you know, um, the guys went as hard as they needed to go with the women. And the women gave as good as they got. And that's kind of like a really nice kind of, presentation that wasn't disrespectful and um it was nice to see something a bit different what's your thoughts on this one marcus as a, a fukuraist myself uh my time is mad and i was down there in tears like <laughs> <laughs> i was like no i like, shouted tag out like what are you doing tag out <laughs> um this was i mean it, it was this was a great match but back and forth like they you know um what it was, uh, you and uh, uh, Sakamoto, you know, got the better of each other respectfully with the submissions. And then Fukuda, a girl Fukuda got in there with you, and it just all went downhill from there. Um, good, she, she good as gave, uh, she got as good as she uh, gave, but she got caught with what I assumed was a glancing blow. And uh, Naomi took out for the rest of the night, but she got up. Uh, but she kept fighting, and it, uh, a lot of times when I thought she was down for the count when it turns into a submission situation, she got out. But um, she got dropped another time, and when she got back up, I'm like, girl, get out of there. Like, you're not even – like, you're up, but you're not up. Get out of there. And she, she wanted to stay in, and, 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 you know, every time that arm bar was in, I was biting my nails and, like, interlock your fingers, but it didn't matter because he had a triangle on her. And uh, yeah, it got it got uh it, it got taken. So you know, God bless her. She's like you said, the shootest of shooters. But sometimes her willingness to close things out kind of becomes either the detriment for herself or a her team. So I kind of want her to kind of you know be more uh, move like chess in there uh, in the future because that that could have went a different way if she had kind of tagged out. I think. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think as well if this was just grappling instead of striking as well it might yeah. have been a bit more you could have made it more interesting but it was like it's not so much that they're women it's the fact that like Miyagi is nearly the same side as Iska but you know um uh Fukuda is is tiny compared to both of both her tag team partner yeah. and Miyagi and Jiska. Yeah. So it was it would have been like if if they'd just done it as grappling rules, no striking, absolutely it could have made it a bit more realistic and maybe told a bit better a story. Um 
because she was always going to struggle because she was never going to get even though she is a kick she's she actually probably is in reality the hardest kicker of all four of them because she's a professional kickboxer so. <laughs> <laughs> um i think it, if it had just been grappling there might have been a bit more of a uh a thing going on but equally um miyagi got points on um sakimoto and uh i think the kuda got points on iska as well so there yeah. you go it was they they did it the right way yeah uh, which is cool by the way in reality um as this has been pointed out many times before in genuine grappling contests in shoot grappling contests women quite often beat men <laughs> it's not it's not it's not unusual in fact um Myself and John Dinsdale have a, a habit of finding video of um, amateur wrestling matches in intergender amateur wrestling matches because they happen too, especially at a younger age, because obviously there isn't enough guys, enough girls to round sometimes to wrestle. So the girls end up wrestling the guys until a certain age. And some of them young girls in amateur wrestling are mean. I have seen I've seen like dragon suplex shoot dragon suplexes in wrestling matches from seven year old girls who just pick these lads and yeet them across the ring. It's terrifying, but yeah, the, the, they're Andy. Anywho, let us move on um, to the next match, which we were back with Black Generation uh, going up against the team of uh, Itsuke Onitsukaya and Tetsuya Izuchi. Eleven minutes and one second, so we're kind of a strong heart sixty seconds crossover here. Uh, with Keita Ishida going up against Harley Jackson. Izuchi has had a thing for uh, Ishida for quite some time. He was the first major challenger. Ishida went up against He had a couple of matches with them. They've had a heated rivalry since Ishida came into the company because he feels that Ishida has taken his spotlight, which is fair enough because he did target 60 seconds when he came into the company. Um, so this was kind of a great match and kind of a straight wrestling match. But this was a lot of fun, and it was very much a pick-a-body-part kind of style, traditional tag team match, which is something we don't necessarily see in Glate very often, but it was more of a tapestry to tell a story of Black Generation versus 60 Seconds and, and Strong Hearts, rather than, you know, picking a body part apart for the sake of it. It was... It was a story to tell of the bad, pe the, the bad, bad blood between Zuki and Isha. What did you yeah. think of this one? No, I dug it. I like it. You know, you're telling that story and then you just got harder, like you said, just, just big, just big oak, you know, um, but just standing there is, is an obstacle in every form of fashion. Like he's, he's dangerous in the ring. He's dangerous when he's standing, you know, uh, untagged. So it's, it's, it's a thing. Like it's one situation where you're dealing with somebody that's breaking you down body part there's another one somebody's just using their whole body to just mush you um so you know just that combination and like you said the kind of gymnastics of the mental gymnastics you know breaking this down in terms of just the feelings towards you know see uh she just ascension and like you said kind of taking that spotlight naturally as you do when you become the top dog so like you said that that um this back and forth it's kind of the story, really, the through line through all three of these cards. Um, so it's, it's going to definitely be fun to watch uh, going forward because it involves more of 60 seconds where you would where you would imagine that, you know, well, again, it's kind of like, like you said, when, when shifts like this happen, when it turns of like big factions coming in and taking over, 
you know, I think these, you know, ultimately these calls were kind of like regulating the new normality of what we're going to see going forward with Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and 60 seconds kind of like, okay, we, we you know, we, we, we got to have next. We got to take these guys down no matter how big of an obstacle they are, particularly Harley Jackson. So yeah, this was this was this was a fun match uh that that preluded the the two uh the the, the next two matches. Indeed. So we'll move on to that main event. Oh sorry, the summer main event, Bullcock, Astro Kazma Sakamoto and Quiet Storm. Along with a new member of Bullcock, Astro, we're not still sure if he's staying or not, but yet another monster that they found in Mexico, Jelena Dalmal. They defeated Shima, Al Linderman, and T-Hawk in 15 minutes and 31 seconds. This was kind of a lucha match, but the luchador involved <laughs> is the least luchadory luchador you're ever likely to come across because he's like six foot four and 300 pounds. Anywho, um, so this was fun though. No, man, I mean, it, it kind of came off when I saw it. I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, did somebody's pulling the stunt again? Like, I'm like, just like the old. It's like that old man again that I got. That of I'm like, wait a minute, this ain't no. I like, okay, a luchador fell in a vat of radioactive acid, and this happened. I was like, this, like this is like in like insane. Like their mall is like nuts. Like this would, this would have been hilarious to see him show up in Lucha Underground against Matanza, because he's just he's just that big. Um, but yeah, if he if he sticks around. Um, with with Borg Castle, they it, they might be back on top sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just fun. It was like two of the best factions and a kaiju. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he's um, he's 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 thirty one, but he's only been around for four years, and he's wrestled a lot for AAA and all the Mexican indies as you'd expect. Um, had some high profile ma- I had some high profile matches as you like so. You know, tagging with Dr. Wagner Jr. and people like that. So, you know, he's he's a, he's not a like big name, but he's a name. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's really agile. <laughs> yeah. like, you watch this guy is like a massive hulk of a human being, and then he just pops over the top rope to get himself. <laughs> a, bit, a bit in the states, you see somebody that big, and they kind of they kind of like lumbering. Uh, you kind of oafish a bit when you see somebody, you know. That can move like that, and they're, they're that big, and they, you know, they got the lucha thing on. It's like this is a completely different uh, game. This guy's on, and he might not even be even scratching the surface of his potential uh, yet, which is, you know, scary—a a good scary thing, if you will. But uh, yeah, if he sticks around, he's definitely going to be one to watch. Particularly if we see like a change in his character uh, in terms of aesthetic and, and uh, things of that nature going forward. Particularly side with somebody like. You know, Borg Orchestra because they definitely have a color scheme. Oh yeah, I just we're watching it. I'm just watching it here, and he's like perfect lucha delivery. He's just like four inches too tall and three hundred pounds, like fifty pounds heavier than most luchadors, even the heavy ones. It it is very Scott Norton, Jeff Cobb kind of vibes from him. Yeah, yeah, but like lucha. So, yeah, he's an intriguing guy. I'm intrigued as to what else we can see for him, you know. When you've got Sakamoto and Quiet Storm and they look small. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. That's why I thought it was a stunt. I'm like, like is it even legal for Luchadors to be that big? Like, <laughs> like so it was, it was it's a thing. But, again, 
you know, I commend Vocal Kestrel because this is like another time where they've brought in somebody who you wouldn't think. And obviously it went a completely different way with the last guy they tried to recruit. But um, they're not opposed to being picky, and I appreciate that. This was, this was a cool pick for them. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to the main event, which was for the G Infinity Tag Team Championships with your champions, um, Chechi Matani and Hayata Tamura, defending against Black Generation International, Katoru Suzuki and Yutani. Um, now, this was a go-go match. Yutani and Suzuki, obviously, it's their first match together, but Katoru Suzuki has won numerous tag team titles down the years. He's one of those go-to guys for pretty much everything. Um, you know, I'm looking at his list of championships on cage match. Um, uh, he's the current KOD six-man tag team champions, Open the Triangle Gate champions, GHC junior heavyweight tag team champions, uh, Wrestle One tag team champion, the heavyweight Wrestle One tag team championship with Kazayashi, who was obviously the key booker of this particular um organization all asian tag team championships with kenta mayahara who's the current triple crown champion and with Atsushi aoki uh back in the burning days um yeah uh oh with yoshinubi kanemaru obviously of just four guys he went with him as well <laughs> so he's, he's pretty much done everything um as far as tag team wrestling is concerned in strong style wrestling so, sorry, Strong Style, King's Road Style Wrestling. He's, he's done all of the major companies for that. And uh, bringing his tag experience with a young guy like Yutani, it really does give Black Generation International some strength in depth when it comes to experience and their presentation. Oh, absolutely. And when you see it, and because you, I think they, I mean, for now, what they got, what, uh, like two or three titles? Um, yes, yeah. Yeah, and so so they do this great thing, and like you said, they don't have this uh, overly stacked roster. So when they do these title matches, they mean something. They hit you, know they were earned, and you know you're gonna get a show. And that's what this was. Like you said, this was go go go. This was, you know, because uh, you know obviously they had to get the titles back uh, recently. But this this was a nail biter. This came down to, and I think what ultimately uh, it came down to was the chemistry, and and you know the. Uh, the time in which Shimatani and Tomura have been together and doing their thing uh, because it was close. It was close, and it may go a different way if they if they get another shot at it. So, uh, you know, Boko Kestra pulled it out because, like I said, this has been a, a BGI getting wins type of deal, clearing the board on these shows. So, you know, they did a great job of pulling it out, and, and all 14 minutes and 13 seconds was uh, it was anybody's ball game. So I appreciated that. Oh yeah, non-stop go this particular matchup, and it was great to watch. You know, Glate has a reputation for building great tag team matches. Um, my match of the year last year was one of their tag team matches, and um, this is this is showing how great they are. You know, really showcasing what they're good at. Um, but let us go back to Shinjuku Face Four Glate version forty-four. Um, that particular show was another full house. Um, this is the show where we said that people needed to watch where they landed. <laughs> because yeah. Things got a little bit aerial, and perhaps they should not have done. <laughs> the crowd participation was inevitable. Yes, I think this is probably a, if they'd run a UWF show here, they'd have been all right. But no, <laughs> they chose not to. I mean, it's their choice, and I'm sure their insurance covers it. 
Anywho, the show opened with the match. Strongheart, Shima, L. Lindemann and T-Hope. They went up against Bulk Orchestra. Check with Tony Harrington tomorrow and Quiet Storm. Uh, the Strongheart's team won in 10 minutes and 4 seconds, which is an interesting switch. As we mentioned earlier, it would Bulk Orchestra were, were usually winning these matches, generally speaking. Uh, this is the only one match that actually got, um, got some love from the cage match users. They gave it 7.1. And I think that's fair. Could have done to go longer, but then again, it's the opening match. So it can't really go any longer. Yeah. Sure. Not fair. And shout out to Cage Match Use. I mean, look, it's 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 strong horse and book orchestra. At minimum, it's guaranteed seven. Uh, <laughs> you're not you're not gonna like people don't take days off with these with these groups, particularly book orchestra. Um uh, uh and, and Lenham and T Hawk and Seymour is becoming like a, a favorite of trios for me to watch. Um so yeah. That 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 fits. And like you said, it's the opener. They're not gonna go too long. They they know what they need to do, and they they, they stuff it in and they get it done. Um, so yeah, fun. But it's somebody turned up the oven on this next match. <laughs> oh, I, I was just thinking, if the great New Japan talent swap deal is still in place, uh, how about this? Lindemann, Shima, and uh, T Hawk versus Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, and Renarita. For them, open weight tag team titles, because that that would be intriguing. I feel. That I mean, that's come on, man. Lindemann <laughs> with Suzuki, T Hog, and the oh man, oh, yeah, that matches up nicely. Lind Lindemann and Despy going again. I don't see that again. Yeah, oh, I mean, just any of those uh, situations. I mean, I, and, and and this is my American booking. Uh, so used to watching the dog on WWE, like do the singles matches leading up to the big trio, man. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. but it's worth it because those those singles match they are they are hit particularly you know T Hawk uh, and uh, who you said Despy yeah Despy uh, um, they're your current never open weight six man tag team champions they beat House of Torture at um, New Beginnings oh man it's, I mean that's that's perfect that's perfect and just to see Manoru back in in, <laughs> in um uh, hey. Uh, which you know would not would strike fear into the hearts of a particular individual, but um, <laughs> yeah, just be, it just just be great if 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 the Gleet gods, if you will, or, or aficionados, are listening to us, which I hope they are, because um, yeah, try to try to make that happen. That's 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 some good stuff. That that would be nice. That would be intriguing to see. Um, of course, Despy and Minoru Suzuki these days, white meat baby faces, the pair of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, crowd go wild for him. Anywho, they're going wild for Bastuato at the minute as well. Uh, fair enough. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he sent me and John wild quite a few times last year for completely different reasons. Um, but anywho, <laughs> yeah, strong hearts win that match. Um, moving on to Black Generation International, Hartley Jackson, Kato Ishida, and Katoru Suzuki defeated 60 seconds from Tancho, Ojishiba, and Tetsuya Izuchi in 8 minutes and 24 seconds. I mean, this was fine. There was nothing wrong with this match. Again, it was one of those kind of like establishing matches for Black Generation. You knew they were going to win. Let's <laughs> be honest, because it's just the way things at the particular moment. Yeah. But it wasn't predictable. They didn't. They were kind of. This is the thing. Heel champions are supposed to be oppressive, and this was kind of the oppressive match they needed against the up and coming young boys. I think. Yeah, but this was another showcase of why just those sixty seconds. They don't back down even when the mountain's too high to climb. Um, there was an exchange. I think it was Ishida with Tonsho 
or Tetsuya where they exchanged kicks and I had to pause it and walk off. I was like, yo. Uh, it was it was it was somebody I think it I think it was a cheetah that, that took a kick dead to the uh to the face that I was like, I would have actually preferred if that was me, I was like somebody just you could have just hit me with a chair. Like that was like it was that type of uh situation. But this match was it was fire. It was fire, like you said, obviously, you know, the oppression of the of BGI, if you will, it's kind of the through line story of all three of these shows. Um, even though obviously they didn't they didn't uh acquire the tag straps in the last uh main event. Um this this match was another iterate like the the amount of main event that they fit in that they fit uh you know fitted in eight minutes and twenty four seconds is just nuts. Uh but this is a tournament, this was a semifinal, so yeah, that that, that last one was gonna be nuts. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Okay, then we move on to the first big singles match of the show, which was, of course, that grudge match between Yunagi Sayaka and Yukira Hosokawa. Sayaka takes out the win in 9 minutes and 23 seconds, but Hosokawa was by no means on the back foot in this match. She did deliver. She wasn't going to win. She's 18 years old, and this is a Joshi veteran who's just come off a big stardom run. However... She did not back down, and she went hell for leather, went, went toe-for-toe with a big Joshi star. So this kind of gives her a lot of um, forward-moving momentum. Um, and it was nice to see some real... I mean, the, they do get real-name quality on their particular shows, but Sayaki is kind of a step above because she's so well-known within the mainstream wrestling uh, media that, you know, it's, it's a different thing where... Because there aren't too many stardom people that come out of contract, if you if you see what I mean. They tend to stay there, but she's used that to kind of build up her independent presence um, and kind of grow some depth and some different levels. Uh, and yeah, this was this is a really good match, and it was nice to see this match. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Ah, oh, Yukari reminds me so much of Fukuda early on. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, Unagi was just, I mean, she was dictating pace for a lot of this match. Um, and she dictated to the, to the very end. But uh, I think, much like we were seeing with Fukuda early on, Yukari definitely earned her respect. And uh seemed like she wanted some more smoke after the fact. Uh, you know, so it's going to be cool watching her growth as well. And that, that was a size advantage in this. Um, but, you know, like you said, she didn't back down. She gave as good as she got it. Just. Yunagi had more to give, you know, so uh, you know, I, I don't think this will be the last time we see these two clash. No, definitely not. Carol's got all the potential in the world, and, you know, she is small, but doesn't, you know, we've seen in the past, Yoshiro is small. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't seem to bother her none. It's just how you deliver that package, and, yeah, it's... Um, it's, she pulled out some surprising stuff like quick rollover pins and lots of good roll-ups. She wrestles like a young girl and, you know, that's the way she's supposed to wrestle because that's her character. Yeah. And Yunagi just stomps on you until you till she wins. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's her character and this was just a really well-told story. Okay, then. We'll move on to the next match, which was another... Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Stronghouse versus Black Generation. Matt Utani lost to Shigehiro Iri. The only 
chink in the uh, uh, armor of Black Generation for this whole tour, I think. But this was a fun match to watch. Erie can wrestle anyone and do anything with anybody. It's a wonderful thing to see him do his thing. Um, and Yutani is just a different guy that I haven't seen him wrestle before. So it was intriguing to see how he would deal with this big striker. What did you think of this one? Yeah, like you said, the Shingo Hero is just, he's that guy. He can wrestle a broom and make it entertaining. Uh, and just as you mentioned that, I had to remind myself, he also has an alter ego in his in his spare time that uh, <laughs> I may never get used to, but it's it's fun to know it's out there. Uh, and, and again, credit to Utani coming in like, man, like bump any other normal strategy. I got 30 pin combinations ready. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not playing no games with this dude. I can't trade shots. Definitely ain't getting the power game off. I got to I got to get him down for the three second tan and get him up out of here. I'm not trying to be fancy with this. There's no being fancy with E Ray. Uh, you know, you either winning or you losing. You you know, trying to win by any means. So I definitely appreciated that. But you know, E Ray is just another one of those mountains, man. Unless you can out tough him, um, you're probably not gonna do it. There's not many that can. You know, but like I said, Utani's on his way. But uh, he, he got some ways to go before he knock off somebody like Zero. Uh, Indeed, definitely. So next up, we have uh, another establishing match, let's be honest. Jan's family, Masati Kamino, Takanori Ito, and Yusuke Kadama defeated um, Isayonitskaya, Sun Watanabe, and Yuiska. Isayonitskaya is obviously part of Strong Hearts, but he was he, he led, led with his Glate credentials. They all came out in their Glate um, tracksuits. For this particular match um and noticeably jan's family have now got matching gear yes and for olive drab and camouflage yes. wrestling boots uh which is intriguing <laughs> but yeah. you liked it yeah dougie did they, 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 you know they're trying different stuff playing with uh you know they took the aprons to the shorts <laughs> uh thing uh but it's but it's working it's not hindering their performance i'll say that uh so it's it, it's working for them they got a they, they switched up the color scheme for the aprons again i you know uh takes some getting used to but i appreciate it because it's their own thing they're defining their own thing um and like i said this is the most i've seen uh an expressful ito uh thanks since i've been watching me so it's it's uh it's fun that would you know they're they're a tough trio to beat you know um he say Watanabe and, and and you are no scrubs, so you know. I think that this is another situation where they're growing uh, up the car, and I think they could be contenders coming off of your idea to bring in a, a new Japan six man uh, straps. Never open way six man straps. I think they could definitely be contenders. Oh yeah, <laughs> this this would be good. And again, you've got a good matchup there because Kadama is kind of. More of a lucha guy, even though you've got Vasari, who's a traditional wrestler, a bit like Despi, and then you've got a shooter in Ito going up against Suzuki. That would be a nice balance, I think. So that's a good a good plan. I mean, uh, we know, oh, no idea if the talent swap agreement is still in effect. Lindemann, yeah. Lindemann was in the genius tag. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, though New Japan kind of like, you know, they've opened the doors. Obviously, they're working with Noah next weekend. That's the NATO versus Muto's for Muto's final match ever, ever, ever. Definitely the last one. Definitely. 
at the Tokyo Dome next Sunday. Is, it, um, is that the full name of the show? You <laughs> <laughs> listen to the New Japan commentators, and they're like, and it'll be Muto's last match. Wink, wink. Um, ever at the Tokyo Dome because he's never going to wrestle again. Of course he's not. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, Chris and Kevin are a little more jaded than perhaps Stu and Mark are over at Noah, who genuinely believe it will be his last match. <laughs> but Mark and Stu are like... <laughs> Mark and Stu will sell anything. Like, there's some Noah matches that are a bit wrong. And they still sell it like there's no tomorrow. God bless them. Yeah. <laughs> 50-year-old man try and beat up a teenager. <laughs> yes, but anywho. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, it'll be intriguing. It's, de- but it's, de- it's definitely happening. You also got a Kazuchi Okada versus... Um, oh, that a GHC heavyweight champion whose name I've completely forgotten. Uh, Keitoki Yamiya, that's the follow. <laughs> How could I forget that? Yeah, Keitoki Yamiya versus Kazuki Okada in the big grudge match um, after Kiyomiya attacked Okada during their match at Yokohama and then Okada jumped to Kiyomiya last week and people were like, oh, he's turning evil. Like, no, he's Kazuki Okada and things need to be done. <laughs> <laughs> Beating up this young whippersnapper as needs needs to be done. So yeah, there's lots of like crossover with that show next week. Um, Despy has been wrestling some Noah shows as well, um, just tagging with his mates in Noah because he wants to. So yeah, it's been it's been an intriguing kind of well. Oh yeah, um, uh, it's the championship card of AJPW. There's New Japan guys in that this time uh, for the first time in a long time. They just had their Kurikan tournament, and there was um, all blue justice into that. So, yeah, there's New Japan guys all over the place at the minute. So, it's not against the realms of possibility. And you've also got to remember that Minoru Suzuki is an independent wrestler, and he, he just, he, New Japan let him do what he wants, basically, just out of respect for him being Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, so as so long as he doesn't bring New Japan into disrespect and they trust him not to do that, he can wrestle through he wants. Oh my god, I just watched you Watanabe doing that Topic on Hilo into the front row. <laughs> yeah, man. What were you dinking, dude? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh dear. Anywho, um, let us move on to the next match. Uh, Galina Del Nal and Kazuma Sakamoto went up against Kazayashi and Minoru Tanaka. And unsurprisingly, the elder duo, who are about three inches shorter than the other guys, lost. <laughs> yeah, it didn't surprise me. Like I said, the crazy thing is they readily, some recognize they just had to double up and try as much as they could. Because with a guy like Demal, it's like because he can do anything, you have to be ready for everything. So you might be looking for a test of strength and all of a sudden he starts arm dragging. You're like, what in the hell? And then he, you know, goes from that to doing a big boot, and then he whips into the corner and do a body splash, and then, you know, uh, doing some other stuff. So it's just, it's the worst combination to find yourself up against. Um, and you know, somebody like uh, somebody like uh, Casmo is just gonna be having fun the whole time. 
you know, yeah. jumping on his back and then just using his weight. So it's just because he can chill on the ropes the whole time, just let him do his thing. He has no problem. He's never had a problem uh, just kind of hanging back on the ropes and kind of coming in and picking his spot. So, yeah, this is a new lethal combination uh, that is going to be interesting to see who can knock them off, you know. I, I'm, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping comes back. I, I, it's just brilliant. It's just weird watching this guy who's so massive. <laughs> yeah, hurtling people around and kicking them in the face. So you get you get lucha style arm drags and rolls and and all that stuff, and then big boot to the face. Yeah, <laughs> I say I watch that all day. <laughs> I've got to go look at some of his AAA matches now. Just watching him beat up small guys. That must be brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was it was fun more than anything. It was just a, the kind of stuff we watch quite for, which is not necessarily serious matchups, but definitely fun wrestling to enjoy, which is kind of what it should be about, really. All wrestling should be like that. But anywho, let's just move on to the main event of the evening. Uh, Black Generation, Hartley Jackson, Keito Ishida, and Katoru Suzuki defeated Strongheart, Shima, El Lindem, and T-Hawk in a big old grudge match um, for the... Well, just a big old grudge match, really. It was always going to be an intense affair given the people who were involved and of course Lindemann and Ishida have unfinished business from their championship match and then you've got a ring general like Katoru Suzuki just controlling things and telling the story which is what he's there to do and he does it better than most people on the planet so what's your thoughts on this one Marcus? No saying like you said it was just I mean this is the matchup you want I mean we just got through talking about we see what most of these guys can do on the 10 minutes it's almost went 20. so um just a great affair uh, and then this was I think the, the tournament final so this was great and again through line throughout these three shows as we you know continue to state has been BGI Black Generation International kind of dictating a lot of the pace, uh, particularly in what it's going to look like going forward, as we're seeing strong a combination of strong hard 60 seconds, um, and the rest of the roster kind of, you know, find different combinations of whatnot to come against these guys. As, um, like you said, new normals kind of been set up, you know, lining up guys, is it going to be Lindemann getting his title back, or is it going to be somebody coming up, uh, pushing him to the back of the line to go against uh, Ishida? But he's, he's well insulated with... Um, Guys like Jackson and Suzuki, um, and, and, their, and their faction is only growing. So it's uh, it's definitely like I said, a, a, certainly a new normal. Very interesting to watch because, you know, as we talked about when he was facing El Lindemann, it feels like she's just getting started. So definitely, it's um, it's intriguing new stories, and it's not boring. <laughs> <laughs> No, they've gone about this the right way, bringing in this dark force, which is kind of um, an outsider, which is kind of a thing. I mean, it's been done in how many times in pro wrestling now? Well, this this feels very important in that way, you know, in, in as, far as, as far as the company is concerned. You know, it's very much the Bullet Club or very much the um, New World Order kind of moment. And they are really milking it as much as they possibly can. Uh, for a smaller company, you know, it has less of an effect because obviously in indie wrestling, indie wrestlers appear on indie, other indie shows all the time. And it's not really like, not every indie crew has a regular roster like Late does. Um, 
So, but this this feels like it's important, and they've presented it as important. They've made Ishida look important. He's gone and done press for them. You know, he's he's done the press conferences. He's he's worn the suit. He's gone out. He's talked to the magazines. He's you know doing the thing, which is what they need him to do, and he's doing a great job of it. Yep, consistency is key, and that's what Gleek got a lot of. Indeed. So, what's your thoughts on Gleek going forward this year, sir? I'm just looking forward to seeing what they do and how they top it. And I think they're, like you said, in good position to do it with this uh, this new faction that's very good. And it's not like this is the only thing they got going on. Like you said, if they keep, you know, be able to bring them all around and obviously... You know, we got this new faction led by Edo and, and different things of that nature. And like you said, hopefully the, the Glee gods, if you will, will listen to us and, you know, expand on certain things with that new Japan relationship and bringing in some unique combinations, particularly around titles through them. It's just only going to get better, you know, and I think more people are going to be attracted to come to Glee, and, uh, which is another thing they, they do really well, having main event caliber matches almost in the middle of the card and then immediately following up with some random guy coming in like, no, you don't get no break. I got next. Oh, <laughs> great. Yeah. If you are hearing this, Suzuki-san, we would really, really like that, please. Please, if you could do yeah. anything about that, we'd really appreciate it. We appreciate you supporting our show and always retweeting us, Suzuki-san. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you understand anything we say, of course. Um, hopefully you do. Um, and that's pretty much us for the Troopany show today. Thank you very much for listening to us. We'll be back with more Glee coverage any time they put a show because me and Marcus love watching Glee. We will watch it till the cows come home. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so thank you very much today for joining us, Marcus. Have you got anything you'd like to plug or tell us where you are on the internet, sir? Oh, always a pleasure. Um, you can find me on. Uh, uh, the, the lackluster app known as Twitter. I was ran by a nutbag. Um, <laughs> at Paradox Kid, that's P A R A D O X K I D. Um, always down in chat. Have you have you turned off your two, two, what, two? <laughs> I can't even say it. Uh, two stage, no, two, two stage um, registration yet, by the way, to make sure we don't lose you forever. I haven't even mentioned it. Everybody's just uh, th- th- that check mark has been um, so bastardized at this point. <laughs> I might, I might end up having to do it, which is, which is sucks because it used to be a thing of pride. Now it's just, now I might as well be the like button, you know. I, 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 I actually never turned mine on, so, <laughs> so I'm leaving it. I've been fine. Yeah, I changed my password, so I might as well yeah. just leave it as it is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you can find me at Sheriff Lenster on Twitter. You can find me at Sheriff Lenster TX on Instagram as well. You can find the show on Instagram, the Troopy Show, and Twitter, Troopy Show, and Facebook, Troopy Show, and Patreon, the Troopy Show, where you keep everything free for, ever, for everyone. We are also on Discord, and we are also on. Anything else? Uh, no. Oh, Mastodon. I'm on Mastodon, at Sheriff Lenster on Mastodon. If you want to follow me there, I have one follower. With one of my mutuals from Twitter who runs a Mastodon server and kept selling Mastodon so I followed her and, and now we follow each other and I don't no one else follows me I think I follow some other people but anywho Mastodon it might be the way forward it's where we'll all end up um, yeah next week we're not really sure but I have a funny feeling that it might actually be uh, looking at that massive show from the Tokyo Dome from Noah at least I will probably do a today app show for that if nothing else 
Um, also, there was a big show in San Jose yesterday from New Japan Pro Wrestling, Battle of the Valley, uh, Battle in the Valley, I should say. So we might want to be looking at that because some big things happened on that show. Okay, then take care and we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>